the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your host, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hi. Hi. Glad you're here. Glad you're listening. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, This show, Relevant Recovery Radio, is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. The Matthews Hope Foundation also has a detox and two-year recovery aftercare program inside of St. Joseph's downtown. Well, the detox is two weeks inside St. And it's Joseph's. cool. Like, you only have to burn your entire life to the ground to get there. But like, my point is that you don't even have to do that. You can catch it way before you burn your life to the ground. Oh. That's not a requirement. I thought it was. That's you what I a, did. You were a high-bottom drunk. You didn't really even burn your life to the I ground. I burned my insides to the ground. Uh, but anyways, what I would like to say is I'm the spiritual wellness director, alumni coordinator, and recovery support team lead for the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program, and we help people get sober and stay sober and be happy and sober at the you same guys time have quite a few success stories we, now yeah, which is pretty great pretty decent success right remember yeah. brianna we had her in it was pretty cool uh, yeah she's pretty awesome we got several that have turned a year sober now so it's pretty cool there's at least four or five of them that's good yeah and so if you or a loved one would like any information about our detox or our aftercare program you can give us a call at 844-263-4673 that's 844-AND-HOPE or Visit our website, MatthewsHope.org. Yeah, and, they, and you can get a hold of Heather and tell her how great her husband's radio show is if you want to. Uh, so you're, you're checking us out today uh, if you're in H-Town on KPRC 950. AM 950. AM 950, that's right. Well, they know if they're listening, they know they what know. station they're on. <laughs> Uh, at 1 p.m. on Sundays, and if you can't catch us there, and also you can listen to KPRC AM 950 on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. Uh, but all of our shows are on there. Um, all of our past episodes are on the iHeart platform. Yep. Every Sunday after our show airs, uh, our buddy Will uploads them to the iHeartRadio app. Yep. Pretty cool. So today, we oh, want to... hold on. You forgot to mention that the Relevant Recovery Radio Show now has an Instagram and Facebook Oh yeah, I hate it. <laughs> you hate social media, but that's okay. I hate social media. Like I, I'm been. Here's the problem. Listen, stop shaming people that like social media. We just want them to our listeners to know was, they can keep up with us on Facebook or Instagram. I was going to admit admit like a defect here. Oh. Ever since, so I have been off social media for years, mm-hmm. completely. There's not none of them. Um, and when I created the Instagram for Relevant Recovery Radio, it put me back on Instagram because you didn't want to do it. I don't know how to do Instagram. And uh, I have found myself several times in the last week or two for hours scrolling, scroll, 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 <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel sick and gross. So segue to an episode we're going to do in probably like two weeks from now, uh, social media addiction. So tune in about two or three weeks from now, and we will have an episode on social media addiction. You know what? I've been I wanting am, to do that one for a long time. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to take secret videos of your social media addiction. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Listen, um, I can speak on it because I have it. That's 
That's right. That's right. So anyways, yeah, so we do. We have uh, an Instagram. It's at Relevant Recovery Radio. Same. And it's Relevant. So the first time I created it. Relevant. You spelled it wrong? I spelled it wrong. Relevant. V-E-N-T instead of V-A-N-T. A-N-T. Yeah. Even I knew that. So, I'm from Oklahoma. That Right. Well, I, you know, yeah. Uh, so Instagram, it's at Relevant Recovery Radio. Same on Facebook. And Facebook is... That's the same handle, at Relevant Recovery Radio. Or so, you can just type it in the search box. We'll pop up. Yeah. You'll so see, if you ever want to see, you'll like, see our mugs and Donnie's pictures lovely of us. beard. Thank God your beard is back. I'm so <laughs> grateful to God that you got a fluffy beard again. Listen, that was a hard time. That now was, when a, I look that in was the a low mirror, valley. I feel like my face is fat. I don't know why it makes me look different. But anyways, yeah, the beard is back. So, All right, so what's our topic today? What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about fellowship. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about fellowship in recovery, in spiritual journey. Uh, what is it? What does it look like? Why do people place such emphasis, emphasis on it? Emphasis? Emphasis? With all the syllables? That's right. The syllables? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because in... Um, in the recovery that we're in, there is what we call the circle triangle, and part of the triangle, it's... it's Unity, service, and recovery. Right. And the... Re- is it unity, service, and recovery? It is. Oh. The fellowship my, falls into one of those. Do you know which totally one? My brain blinked out I should put you quick. in the hot seat one of these days. Recovery. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture of your stupid face across I, this I would console say recovery right is the steps, and I would say uh, the fellowship goes into service. And unity a little bit. I wouldn't say it's just one caveat there. Well, okay. Well, actually, no. The way, actually, if you read it, recovery is the steps. It is. Yeah. Unity is the fellowship and service is, well, service. Uh, and the reason there's such an emphasis on fellowship is because when I, I'll put everything on the I statements, right? Thank Small God. group rules. When I got sober, I was alone. I had isolated myself. I didn't have friends. I had no self-worth. I had no nothing. So I was just kind of a lone ranger just drinking at home every day by myself. Um, I could be in a room full of people and feel alone. That's an alcoholic mindset. It, it is. But the thing is, is that when I came into uh, the fellowship, the the 12-step program, I, I'll never forget it. One of my very first meetings was on a Wednesday night. It was my second meeting ever. And afterwards, there's a group that's like, hey, we're going to Denny's. You want to go? And, uh, and I was with Steven. It's like, well, I don't know. And it's like, Yeah, we'll see you there. You're going. (laughs) And I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't know what I was getting into. And so we're going to talk about that today. Why is it so important that we fellowship? What is it? Why do we do it? we're going to define what it is. Why is it important? I also want to talk a little bit later about like how COVID's affected it, because we still need to have those tools. Uh, Why I avoided it, like the plague for so long. Yeah. Um, But then like solution, like what it adds to your life and why you should do it. Um, I think it'll be important. Because it is important. And uh, I want to talk a little bit too about how people misuse it. Right sure. in place of actual spiritual seeking, actual spiritual actions and things like that, because there's a lot of um, misplacement of power, if you will. Right, and so whether someone's in the twelve step world uh, and they already you know hear about the quote fellowship all the time, this will apply to people that are in church groups or just a host of friends. Um, people have different pockets of fellowship. It's a sense of community. You need community. Yeah, it's, it's a sense been of important community. since the beginning of time. It's 
it's one of our instincts. Yeah. Right. It's, and so even if you're not in, in any church group or recovery group, well, when we say fellowship, we're talking about a sense of community, your host of friends, the people you hang out with and what they bring to your life. I need to be in a circle of like-minded people where I can be myself and begin to let them know me. So we will be back in a few minutes. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> Radio on iHeart or KPRC AM 950. Hosts Heather and Donnie. Today we're talking about fellowship. Fellowship. What is it? What is it? Yeah. What is fellowship so to you? I think we already kind of covered that a little bit. I, I consider fellowship just a host of friends. It's a community. I, I think it's more than a host of friends. I mean, right? we're going to get it. I'm just saying a general definition of someone that's not even in 12 step world or whatever. They're trying to wrap their brain around what we mean by fellowship. It's like the people that you hang out with, the people that you would consider friends. There's multifaceted purposes to that, which we'll dive yeah. into layer by layer. But I'm just saying, in general, someone might be sitting on their couch thinking, this doesn't apply to me. I don't belong to a fellowship. Well, do you have more than one friend? <laughs> do y'all do stuff together? Do you have a group? Do you have some sort of accountability group? Do you have a hobby that you do with somebody? Uh, you have a fellowship then. And, and I think it's easily defined in that whether you're in a 12-step fellowship like we are, mm-hmm. or you're in church, or you're in a whatever kind of community of people mm-hmm. fellowship is what i do before after away from that particular thing, thing right yeah. so for 12 step programs it's dinner before or after a meeting and i want to be clear on that point because a lot of I'll ask people you know hey do you fe- are you fellowshipping and they're like oh yeah i go to meetings or something like that or i talk to people before the meeting yeah. or after and so we're not talking about that that's a given that you should be doing that and participating and why? in that and why it's much more than that it's mu- it's it's hanging out with these people outside of that common bond that you yeah. share because in that 10 or 15 minutes before meeting that 10 or 15 minutes after meeting i'm not getting to know anybody right barely yeah and that's the real problem or one of the part of the real problem with me in early recovery or in any kind of a group is that i'm not going to do much alone yeah but together we can and so i i think that it's important to define that what we're talking about is uh like in our 12-step community we consider fellowship all the stuff that we do with them that has nothing to do with the time that we're spending at a 12-step meeting we call it our family it's our chosen yeah. family and so for instance last night we were at ihop till 12 20 a.m because we have a buddy that was turning a year sober at midnight and so one of the things that we do fellowship wise is we gather on the eve of their sobriety birthday and we hang out at an IHOP together from 10 p.m. till midnight to sing them happy birthday to, quote, ensure that they don't drink and they turn one. And so it's a cool tradition that we call the night watch. So that's a form of fellowship. There's all sorts of outings. Sometimes we, we went bowling. We do, uh, what's the golf thing? Top golf. Top golf. And I whoop everybody at Angry Birds. Here's what makes us who sort of play at golf irritated is that you and Gay have no idea how to play golf. Oh, I'm horrible. When we go to Top Golf, you guys put up that stupid Angry Birds <laughs> and, and beat, beat us everybody, yeah. every time. But what, I, let's get back to the fellowship. So I think it's important. But, Our, wait, bowling? Bowling. Top Golf. Top Golf. We've gone and seen movies together. Yep. 
go to, um, go out to dinner. You once a month or so, you generally go out with your group of guys in your lineage and cigar and, and dinner. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and here next week, uh, I'm going out of town for five days with a group of women to a beach house to fellowship together. It's a group of women. <sighs> I would do anything to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> In that caddy experience. It will be great. I think that there's 11 women uh, in a three-story house. So listen to that, folks. 11 women, one house. Yeah, but we're all recovered. How many days does it take for cycles and estrogen levels to sink? (laughs) I don't know. More than more than four. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be a good time, Donnie. And the point of fellowship is... Yeah. Here's the thing. There's all sorts of things that you can do that makes you a part of a fellowship. Uh, Helping someone move. You know, someone's moving soon that we know, and we want to make sure we are a part of that. Do you like helping people move? I don't particularly love moving myself or others, but I'm a part of that fellowship, so I'm going to join in and participate because that's what we do. So what we're doing and what we're talking about then is getting a new host of friends. Yeah. We are getting a new community around us because when I get sober... The old community doesn't want much to do with me. (laughs) You know, they don't typically reach out and be like, How you doing? Hi, man. I ain't seen you at Little Woodrow's in a long time. (laughs) That was what was kind of um, daunting when I was trying to wrap my brain around the idea of getting sober is the fact that I wasn't going to be able to talk to all of these people that I'd been hanging out with and getting loaded with for the last four years. Because out of ignorance, you thought that it was real relationships. I thought they were friends and they weren't, right? You know, yeah. And I'm not saying they were all bad people or whatever. They were sick like I was. But I think that it's important to realize that you really got to recreate a new life uh, when you're getting sober and invest in relationships, even yeah. when it's uncomfortable, because you need a new, you need a new sense of family. So... That's something else that happens. So I, I get sober and I'm, I'm leaving these superficial relationships that I think have value. And it turns out they really don't. We're just getting loaded together, yeah. as you said. You have a common bond <laughs> around but that. These new relationships, what do they look like in comparison? It's so much different. If I, here's what's weird. Five years ago, I don't, I couldn't even find someone that would let me sleep on their couch. You know what I'm saying? I would have been one of those people. <laughs> You're smart. Yeah, yeah. I would rob you, probably. You would take the couch in the morning. <laughs> but now, it's like if I had something happen, or if I, it, anytime, day or night, I have a host of friends, a host of women and men that we're close to that I could reach out for support or for prayer or just to... to process something with them and get feedback on spiritual direction like we rely on these people to bring things to our life and hopefully we bring something to their life and the count the conversation is a whole new level we have conversations where we get vulnerable we have conversations where we let the real stuff along that same line i would say that now that i'm sober and i've been doing this for a little bit five and a half years i have a really really hard time hanging out with quote normal people because the conversations seem to be so surface level and superficial just in general have you ever had one with one of them that made them uncomfortable Uh, and then so i just based on the way that we live our life in the fellowship it's so deep it's so raw it's so honest it's so genuine it's so vulnerable that that's what i got used to and so now I don't know how to go have a superficial conversation about the weather. I'm not I'm even like, willing. I really don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to. It doesn't right. It doesn't interest me anymore. Hey, so what did you buy lately? You bought some stuff? <laughs> got to buy a vehicle or a house hey, or something? how's the weather? You know, did you get whatever. some new furniture? <laughs> this is really like counterfeit conversation is yeah. what it is. And, and so... 
it's just superficial and i really i think it's a counterfeit for a real relationship yeah and so i really value being around men and women that will dig deeper and share things that are embarrassing or you know be the vulnerable. real stuff the real stuff I, i've been at work lunches right and work lunches of course <laughs> we're we're acquaintances it's all real superficial um, but what I notice is there's no accountability, no. right? In our fellowship, there's accountability. And at a work lunch, somebody could talk about, yeah, I'm doing such and such. And you're like, wow, cool. Like, nobody's like, hey, is that really what you should be doing? Yeah. Nobody's saying that. Yeah. And in the, our group, though, if someone's doing something questionable, objectionable, or possibly not in God's will, they're going to get called on it. They're going to get called on it. Out of love. Out of love. Uh-huh. Uh, because I love you, I'm going to say something. Yeah. Um, I remember being at a work lunch. I was semi-newly sober. It was in that first year. And I'm telling a story of this night where I went to a, it was actually a Christmas party for work at a very upscale uh, steak restaurant here in Houston. And we ended up on the patio after eating, drinking, and I got so drunk that at some point I lost my pants Wow. I showed up I've at home. I, I showed up at home. <laughs> I showed up at home with my shirt in my hands. We still don't know where my pants went. No yeah. wallet. Uh, and I'm telling this story, and I'm laughing while I'm telling it. At some point, I had this realization. They're not laughing. They're staring at me. Because they're in shock that you would share something so... Correct. And in our fellowship, that's completely normal conversation. In fact, last night at dinner, we were having a funny conversation around different drug-induced psychosis stories. Right, and, and the bizarre, <laughs> the, the bizarre videos you receive from somebody in yeah. psychosis, where they're videoing an empty, a totally empty room, and they're talking to somebody, and they're just proving that that person's really there, and you're like, bro, bro, there's no one there in the video with you. <laughs> uh, but I think that that's the beauty of uh, a real, genuine, deep relationships that we're harvesting and forming. You know, and why I need it? Yeah. So, like, why, why would you say it? if someone says, okay, why is that important? What would you say? First of all, I need community because I need like-minded seekers around me. So that's the other thing, too, is that these pockets of fellowships, I don't want to say levels as in a good or bad level, but they're all... Different levels. They are on a spiritual journey in different places. Uh-huh. So the one, the the group that we hang out with are, are seekers. They are seeking power from God. They're seeking to better themselves, to be better people, sort of in a constant basis. Yeah. And so if I surround myself... My buddy Neil says it all the time. You are an average of the top five people you hang out with. Yeah. Watch who you hang out with. Water seeks its own level. We're <laughs> going to be right back here in a few minutes. Don't, Don't go, go anywhere. anywhere. listening to Relevant Recovery Radio here with Donnie and Heather Mosier. We're talking about the fellowship. And so you, uh, and then this fellowship, by the way, it applies. So we always apply it to sobriety. We supply, we apply it to a 12-step fellowship, whether that's uh, sobriety-based or an OA. But it can be anything. But it can apply to church, right? So I can either just go to church on Sunday. I can show up right when it starts. I can leave right when it's over. I could never become a part of the community, and therefore I'm never connected. But even that's the beauty of like you know those car shows. I forget what they're called, but like people that have the same car are members of the club, and they they get together at different parking lots or mall parking lots all around town. Like minded. They're like minded. So let's say you're like a guy that's really into like RC cars, and you built you know. Find that fellowship. What are you into? Right. It, could, it could be 
any sort of hobby, but you need to do that hobby with your friends, with that fellowship, and then hang out with them outside of that function. It's a part of building that community, feeling a part of. And so if I'm in this group, whether it's sobriety based or spirituality or church, and I'm not becoming a part of, what are some reasons? Like, why did you avoid it? You avoided it. And early on in sobriety, like when I, when you moved to Houston, oh, you hated me at the beginning because I was seven meetings a week fellowship literally four or five times a week. Well, I think, I mean, I was already a little used. It was about it being a different group. And so when I got sober in Kerrville, you know, in sober living, you had to go to five meetings a week. And I went to more than that just because my friends were going and yeah. I developed these friendships with in sober living of women that I lived with and stuff. And so I got used to that pocket. Yeah. And then when I moved here, we were doing the same amount in the 12 step world. I was, but I was having to go to meetings I'd never been to and meet people that I'd never met. And I'm super introverted. And so it was exhausting for me to have to make that much effort to get to know new people. And if you Comp- compound that introverted personality with self-obsession. Yeah. yeah. Oh Lord. And so I, now that I, now that I forced or you forced, or I allowed you to force me to do it. I just remember back then it was like I would have like a certain look I would give you when I'm quote peopled out. Oh yeah. <laughs> We'd have to have like a secret code on. Okay, I'm done with people. You know. And then it would take about an hour to get out of there because Cause, I'm cause extremely you. extroverted. But I think it is, and I recognize the value now of being around like-minded people that are seeking the same thing. I am. I'm seeking sobriety. I'm thinking to grow spiritually. I, I'm, I'm seeking that, right? And I want to be around people that are going in the direction towards seeking God and seeking recovery and seeking sobriety and seeking help because those are the things that I value that I want to grow towards and get better at. What's the risk and reward? Oh. What's the risk involved? So You're uh, going to get close to people that don't stay. Number one. Ooh, the, oh, I didn't even think of that. Number one. That happens. Oh, my God. Our circle over the last five years has changed, changed multiple times. I would say almost every three to four to four years or what, it's almost completely had a tur- turnover. It's almost like a little orbit. Right. And planets or Certain asteroids will orbit out and, yep. and some will orbit, orbit back. back. And I think I, we have some now that have pretty much been in our orbit for five years. There's, there's that, a few. You'll uh-huh. get one or two or three, that, and, and I love that. Yeah. I, I wish there was more, but the reality of it is... Because I think people like, well, I use the excuse, other people use the excuse that they don't want to fellowship or, because these people aren't going to stay around, they're not going to stay sober, or they'll use the excuse, I don't want to hang out with anyone younger in sobriety than me. Like, if you've got a time requirement, you got to have five oh, or ten Lord, years sober. And, and so I'm like, well, wait a minute, how are you going to let people hold you accountable versus you hold other people accountable. Like there's a beauty in hanging out with a group of people. You got to be like-minded seeking the same thing, but in all sorts of different spiritual maturity levels. And that's the beauty of and it. And all, every walk of life, you have some that are professional, some that are craft or trade you have. I mean, it's literally a group of people that would usually not mix. Right. right. And, and that goes for church as well. I oh, see sure. that in church as well. Yeah. So, from that same angle where I, I sort of picked on you, it really I came to mind my Friday night meeting, my, my men's meeting, my group of guys, my dudes. When I first got involved, first of all, it was like, oh, it was amazing. Like, here is this group of men where there's easily five or six men in this meeting that have more time than me, yeah. which equates in, in, a, in a large proportion. That I get to learn from them. Yes, uh-huh. where there's a bit more wisdom. And we're talking time, uh, I just got nine years, and we're talking time of 
10 all the way up to about 22, 23 years. So there's a lot of wisdom in there. And these are men that are all, uh, I think most, if not all, are married, working on good marriages, trying to see God. And I would say that that's the thing that I noticed that you learned the most from that pocket of fellowship of men that you developed uh, in the last year or two is that, yeah, we had the common, you have the common 12-step stuff. But more importantly than that, I felt like you were learning how to be a husband <laughs> and and more more so just in relationships from offer. them because they've yeah. been married a long time oh, successfully. Oh, James, 28 years, I think. And you uh, and I Neil, have several years. failed marriages between us and we're, we're, we're infants in this trying to we learn. We are close to 28 years if you add all of our marriages up. All of them together. Yeah. <laughs> But like my buddy James and Neil, they each have, I think, 28 years each single marriage, right? And so there's a lot to learn from them. But here's the thing. When I started getting close to these men, I wanted to run, and you saw it, I think, several times. Yeah. Uh, I kept finding reasons why I shouldn't hang out with them. And what it really was was I didn't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. I didn't I wanted them to see what I wanted them to see. I wanted them to see this guy who Loves the 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 twelve step program he's in. He knows the literature. He helps a lot of people. I wanted them to see all the good, and none, none of the of bad. bad. And when you get into community like this, when you get into fellowship, you get close enough they're going to see it all. And I think that that's the beauty of uh, at least our level of willingness to hang out on a regular basis yeah. with a lot of people that we sponsor. It allows our sponsees to see us. Real. Make mistakes Real. and correct them. That's I was just right. talking to a girl last night. I had to correct something I did a few months ago to a couple sponsees and a grand sponsee. But it's good for us to model that we're still human. We're still fallible. We make mistakes. Yeah. We clean it up. We're trying to grow. No you know? pedestal for me. But right. it, the other thing, too, is that once you do this for a while, and you and I have done this fellowship thing together for five years, and like we said, planets have come in and out of our orbit, and... Um, the thing is that once I'm able, and this happened with that group of men as well, once I'm able to be vulnerable and be real, I started to sense freedom Yeah. because I could just be me, But in a sense, whether it's good or bad. What I, what I want people to understand is when you said when you were able to be vulnerable and be real, it wasn't because you trust that these people are going to be in your life forever. It's because you finally trust God to just utilize these people that are in your life for now for whatever chunk of time he allows them to be in your life and for you to be able to be sincere. Like same thing with me in like intimate relationships. Like I'd always had trust issues and blah, blah, blah. And it was really I got to a point where I had to trust God that even if this relationship failed, God still has me, and I never had that before. I always had my value or worth placed in his opinion of me. That's exactly what I was going to say next, is that you watched me learn that earlier this year, um, going through some things where I I didn't feel equal to any of the men I was hanging out with. Yeah. But what it really was is I was placing value on how they saw me. Mm -hmm. My identity was in how they saw me. Yeah. And my journey recently has been that all of that, or, or what I'm seeing now, is that all that's counterfeit. True. And you had asked earlier, like, why some people uh, avoid yeah. fellowship. And I yeah. said it's because people are scared to get close to people. And that's real. And my whole circle back to this is because they don't trust God enough. If they trusted God enough, then they would have the ability to be vulnerable with other people, even when they're uncomfortable. Because in my identity with God. I'm always okay. God loves me. Literally right now in this moment, exactly as Mm -hmm. I am. And if I truly, if that travels from head to heart and I truly believe that, 
then I have no reason to be uncomfortable around any human. True. And I, right? I think that another pe- reason people would avoid fellowship is just true laziness and selfishness. But And it's freedom. Because now when I'm around a group of people, I can just be me. There's no character. There's no acting. There's no better than. There's yeah, but no it less took a while to just, get there. It oh, I'm still getting there. I'm right. not even there yet. You, I'm still wor- have, I'm a work in progress. Again, I have a certain pocket that I'm comfortable with now, our current fellowship. But I know that people orbit orbit in and orbit out. But I think that there, for me, I speak you know from experience, I had a, a laziness and, a, and an unwillingness to invest in other people. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't want to invest in people and let them get to know me if they were going to leave or if they want to deal with their low spots. Right. They need to deal with mine, but I don't know. If <laughs> I don't want to have with... to be there for them. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. I have, you know, my best friend, gay, I love her. And, and I realized early on in our couple few years of our relationship is that. She's really good at being a friend. She, we learned a lot from I've, her. I've early learned on. a lot because she would remember like my favorite color or my favorite animal and get me a gift associated. And I'm like, oh my god, this woman like loves me because she's remembering all this stuff. And I didn't even know what her favorite color was. And there was you know? no cost. She no. just loved you for no reason. And I'm so I've learned how to be a friend from this friend. And I'm, le- right. I'm learning. I'm still not great at it, but I'm, I'm learning. We were uh, driving home yesterday or day before, and you went, oh look, a nothing bunt cakes. And I was like. She we stop and get something for gay because now we now know that we that's know. her place right and yeah. so we're both learning from those relationships and fellowship i think it's important i think that it's important that people are willing to be vulnerable uh they get out of that spirit of unwillingness or rebelliousness they get out of that spirit of self-obsession and, and selfishness to just invest in god's kids do you cons- do you think it's a covenant like a marriage in sure. a way? Sure. I think that it's a commitment, a covenant of, of I'm going to be here for you through friendship, good and bad times, and, and trusting that you'll be the same. Um, it's ne- I don't think relationships are ever equal like 50-50. I, th- I just got to try to give 100. All right. Period. So when we come back, we're going to dig a little bit into what COVID did to fellowship. And we're going to talk about some of the good things that have come out of it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back oh. to the Quiet Storm. That's creepy. All okay. right. So you're listening to us on AM 950 KPRC or the iHeart app. All of our episodes are there. Uh, this show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. You can visit us at matthewshope.org for any information about our detox and aftercare, or give us a call. Andre or Lisa will answer all your questions. Eight four four. Two six three four six seven three. And one of these days, I'm going to tell you about the things that Heather yells at me before shows starts, like uh, act monkey. <sighs> no, I told you to be a little more charismatic. You were a little boring. But I was tired. So here's what I, me too. Here's what I want to talk about as as far as COVID, because here's something that we saw. Yeah. Prior to COVID, um, you and I are in a very healthy, robust, busy fellowship. Right. Like like. You mean the people that we hang out with? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying we have a large fellowship of group of people that we hang out with and do things with, and I think that we fellowship well. I would not say that we lack in the fellowship category. Right. Some people do, and they need to work on that. And I'm hoping this show convicts them of that. But okay. separate from that, when COVID hit, that changed the dynamics of everything, and I'm not going to get into all the scamdemic conspiracy theories. Plandemic, scamdemic. But what I will say guess is- Guess how we feel. Here's what we did. <laughs> I remember it was like a few weeks 
into COVID. Yeah. Everybody's locked down. You got to have like some sort of like essential pass to drive your car, and yeah. everybody's washing their groceries when they bring them home or whatever. In the beginning, it is. we didn't know how serious it was or how I didn't whatever know what it was. It was. Yeah, but, everybody was unknown. But what I love is I remember us planning an ice cream social. We wanted to get together. <laughs> we, we missed our friends. Now, we did get together on Zoom. I think there was like yeah. four of us couples, and we would play Hangman or Pictionary with the whiteboard on Zoom. We did some Zoom. cool stuff in the beginning. So we made, made, made a point to hang out together and still do stuff together. But I think like two or three weeks into COVID, we all met at an ice cream shop that happened to be open out in the Heights. And I forget the name of the place. I won't name it anyway. But they wouldn't they wouldn't let us all in, right? So we all went in individually and we bought our ice cream. And there was like 10 of us plus, at least 10 of us, sitting on a curb uh, on the sidewalk. Do you remember when they... So in we, were in a very, ice- we were in a very liberal part of the city. I'll <laughs> but, just say that. Yeah. I, you know, very liberal. They asked us the to heights. move. And I they asked the us to get away from their door. They did not want us... <laughs> To be sitting in the sidewalk outside in front of their door to be associated with a social gathering. They asked us to move down the road. In fact, when we showed up, do you remember I brought one of our friends uh, toilet paper because you couldn't buy toilet paper yeah, anywhere. And so yeah. we brought one of our friends some rolls of toilet paper. We all had our ice cream. We just sat outside. We had to move farther down the sidewalk. Yep. Yep. Um, but we were not going to let this destroy our fellowship. Period. And right. And what another thing that I saw is that a lot of people really seem to struggle in their spiritual walk or in their sobriety recovery walk when COVID hit. And I think that the danger is some people use the fellowship as a substitute for a real recovery or reliance on God. And because we already had a pocket of a lot of people that were really reliant on God, the fellowship is just in addition to that and extra in that. But for some people that relied heavily on the fellowship to stay sober, mm-hmm. when that went away from COVID, their whole program was ripped from them, and they didn't have a reliance on God, and and they struggled massively. A lot of relapses. A lot of relapses. A lot happened. of relapses during that. And and so I just think it's important to stress that the fellowship is important, but it's not a substitute or meant to be a substitute for a program of recovery, which is the steps teaching you the reliance on God or higher power. Right. And, and so we have to look at it for what it is. It. It's a part of recovery. It is, but it's it is piece. not. It, it's it's required, but it isn't the program. And I think people have trouble with that, too. Like, uh, you'll get the newcomer that wants to come to fellowship and just complain about their life, but they don't want to use the tools or the steps to fix any of it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let's like uh, write a four-step, please, before the next thing. And that's where the accountability <laughs> comes in, right? That's where people are like, um, yeah, But that's the beauty of it. When we hang out, someone be like, girl, you keep talking about that. Have you written inventory on it? Right. Where are you at with right. that amends? I bet you if you made that amends, you'd feel a lot better. Like we hold each other accountable to working the program via this fellowship. Right. So if you don't even have a reliance on God and you don't have a fellowship, you're just still stuck in self-pity and a bunch of problem mentality and self-pity. It's not going to be a good time. Well, and we had, um, because you and I had the fellowship, we had, because we had the full triangle. So we had the unity service recovery. Yeah. When we went into COVID, we thrived. We, were okay. we yeah. thrived. In fact, we felt bad telling people about that. We were thriving. We had several so conversations well. where, when we said, the next time someone asks us how we're doing, we're going to see we, how they're doing first. We, yeah, we have to not say, I'm doing great because other people weren't experiencing that and it made us feel bad or guilty. We had a good spiritual walk. We had a good spiritual practice. Uh, we had a good routine. And so, therefore, it was really an opportunity for you and I to mm-hmm. actually do a little better. We ate three meals a day at home. We started exercising mm-hmm. and our spiritual practice actually got a little bigger. And I will say, COVID and and the scamdemic changed the landscape of fellowship for a time. It hasn't really gone back, has it? We were well, fellowshipping places, what? It does. How often did we fellowship prior to COVID? Two to three times a week? Two or three times a week. We were how often do we do it now? Maybe once. 
maybe not somewhere maybe on there two or three times a month yeah but well you have to consider the other fellowship that we're in uh wednesday night so we're, we're doing that too and and all of that i think no, that no, we no, just no. have Understood. multiple pockets but i guess what i'm saying is it it did change the landscape. I, I think, we haven't so, gotten back. No. And I would say that what happened was a lot of places, depending on their like uh, liberal conservative type leanings, mm-hmm. um, some places were more locked down and restrictive than others. But quickly, the 12-step fellowship utilized online uh, video platforms. We went to Zoom quick. Yeah, I didn't want to name it, but it was okay. Oh, we uh, went to Zoom but quick. what we did, and right away our home group became on Zoom. And, yeah. I, and what was so cool is that we didn't have to only go to meetings in our town anymore. We got yeah. to go to meetings in Canada and meet people in our fellowship in Canada, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I spoke at a, a meeting in Mumbai, India from a bedroom. Yeah, we like, started hitting meetings all over the world, which was really New cool. All over New York, you know? And England. It was, it was so cool to to plug into a bigger, wider fellowship because now we weren't limited by location. Same thing with sponsoring. When when that hit and it restricted the fellowship and the interaction, a lot of people are like, well, how do I get sponsees? How do I meet people to help? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Now you're not yeah. even barred by location. Yeah, You can do yeah. this with anyone, anywhere. Started sponsoring people all over the world. So let me ask you this. What do you think are the top things that you have gotten out of the fellowship? What's the benefit for you? Hot seat. <sighs> The benefit for me is that God is teaching me how to trust others, to be vulnerable, and have empathy for others. Like I said, I was not a good friend to gay, not because I didn't want to be. It's because I wasn't aware of the things a friend is aware of. It's really been fun watching you get empathy because when I met you, you had zero. I, I had zero. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to entertain your problems or you're crying. That's uncomfortable. Take it somewhere else. Go get a therapist. <laughs> it's I, not so for awful. me. Like, I just didn't want to be involved in all of that. Like, yeah. I, you can hang out with me when you're good, girl. You know? Yeah. Get your stuff together and then I'll make time for you. But now it's so cool to watch what God has done with me internally that I'm, I actually have empathy and I'm like, oh, I, that sucks for her, and I'm going to pray for her. I, I want that situation yeah. to get better. Can I help in any way? And a genuine, not just words anymore. A genu- okay, how many people do you think, It's this is our opinion completely, but how many people do you think go, oh, I'll say a prayer for you, and actually, actually say a prayer? I think in the normal world, very few. I think in the whole world, very, very few. few. Yeah. yeah. Because people say, I'll operate for you. And you're like, okay, you know. Um, But I think that that's the most. So the fellowship has taught me how to uh, get out of myself to care about somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Because it's real comfortable for me to just sit at home and read a book. Uh, I I love that. I thrive in in that. And, you know, solitude with God or whatever. But I've had to learn empathy. I've had to learn how to have conversations with others, even when it's uncomfortable for me. It's enabled me to be vulnerable. And when I say vulnerable, I don't mean be able to show emotion because I, I can do that. That's not ever really been a problem for me. I'm an emotional guy. You are yes, a non-emotional are. girl. Help. So I but when I say vulnerability, I mean being who I really am. Yeah. The good Take and the, the bad. Take the masks off. Yeah. No character, no mm-hmm. stage character. Here's here's me. <clears throat> See, I was always honest to a fault. You'd be like, Hey, you probably shouldn't share that. <laughs> I still hey, say sense. that quite often. You're like, Hey, you should censor that. Not everybody I was uh, There's a few things, yeah. yeah. They're on that list. I, we should call them uh, in my cigar smoking church men's group that we go meet and smoke cigars. We have a whiteboard of topics that we don't talk about. We should have a whiteboard for you. For me? What yeah. of topics I'm not allowed <clears> to discuss? in public absolutely <laughs> um so but i think it also a, teaches love 
But there's, well, there's the vulnerability. There's having a group of friends around that if I'm discussing something that's on my mind and they disagree or they want to give me a direction because I'm going down a bad one, I I need people around me that are honest, that are like, hey, bro, I don't know about this. You know, here's what's going on. I think that's important because I'm in a something called a steal on steal accountability group. And those women, we hold each other accountable and it's in love because we care about their spiritual walk. You know, and so I encourage everybody to find your fellowship, plug in with people, get out of yourself, even when it's uncomfortable and and get and be real, be real and find the fellowship you crave. What are you going to say? What? People who (laughs) those who stand for nothing (laughs) will fall for anything. Hashtag God, God, though. though.